Sorry, I don't love you. A friend I've grown accustomed to. Cause with you, if something isn't wrong, something isn't wrong, something isn't right. Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back with another music topic. Today I have on Ian Baldwin and we are going to be talking all about 21 Pilots. They haven't had quite as many albums as Jason Isbell, so we don't have, you know, six full lengths to go through, but we still have quite a bit to go through today. Ian, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. So you suggested that we talk about this band when we were tossing around some ideas is there any particular reason you wanted to talk about them? Are they just a band you really enjoy listening to? Uh, for me, I just feel like I'm most familiar with their music and live show. Like, okay. I haven't seen them live recently, um, other than what's been posted on YouTube and what they post on like their social media. But um, I just really enjoy talking about uh, how their fans interact with them and just overall like their approach to releasing music. Yeah, and... I have seen them live too, and we'll probably get into that more after we go through all of these albums, but I don't think they have quite the same impact on me as they do for you because, you know, they're an Ohio band and you being mm -hmm. from the same state, it sort of gives you that opportunity to have heard of them in the local scene before they got big and everything. And I didn't hear about them until they signed to Field by Ramen and sort mm -hmm. of exploded because at the time I was actually still on the field by ramen street team. So that's really how yes. I heard about them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have like a huge stack of those power to the local dreamer stickers. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you ever want some of those, I can mail you some. Yeah, that'd be rad. Yeah. I just really love how they like each album cycle, they tend to have a different focus and their fans are very in tune in with that. Right. And I think it shows with like the fan art, just like the stuff they do. Um, outside of touring and I feel like they really listen to like uh, their fans and just appreciate that their fans have got them to where they are today so it like feels like a big community yeah exactly so why don't we go ahead and jump into their music we're just going to go through it chronologically here so it'll be pretty easy to follow along and mm -hmm. back in 2009 they released their self-titled album and it was their you know, debut release, totally DIY and everything. And you noted that there were different members. I didn't even know there were different members previously before they were on Field by Ramen or anything. So mm -hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about the band when they started? Um, so the first time I actually saw 21 Pilots Live was in a like a bar down in Columbus. I think it was like right across the street from Scully's Music Diner. Um, but they were playing a show with my friends and Formulas at the time. And uh, this t-shirt company called Make Believe Monsters was like putting on a show to help advertise their clothing line um, and also help like local bands in the area. So I was down there with my friends and Formulas uh, and this band 21 Pilots had come on stage. And it seemed like everybody in the room had known them personally, you know, or was just like, hey, we're here to support them. Um, and they had played songs like Car Radio and a lot of songs from like this self-titled album. So after the show, I was like, you know, wanted to grab that CD since they had done such a like good job of like grabbing everyone's attention in the room, like even the bartenders. And like, you just don't see that very often from like a bar, like a show at a bar. You know what I mean? Right. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, having heard of them after they signed by were signed by Fueled by Ramen, going back and listening to this album that I frankly didn't even know existed was mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was jarring, but it was just an interesting perspective because this album really felt a lot more piano based and it didn't have as much of that electronic electro pop vibe to it like some of like their latest two releases and you could tell that the songwriting was there and everything though because they definitely had their vocal style down back Mm -hmm. then and for me even though this was a diy release it sounded really good production wise like it didn't sound like they recorded it in an echoey garage or something like that so it definitely had that sort of higher standard almost from the start yeah and i I mean like for me listening to it again today it reminded me like how like honest and like just almost like like you could tell that tyler was really um drawing from like personal like struggles probably and just what he had on his mind at the time he really wanted to come across in music and i feel like it's awesome to also hear that there's like no pressure from like a label it was just all pure like you know being artistic yeah so since you had heard of them sooner, was this an album that when it came out, you were constantly playing it? Or was it something that sort of had to grow on you? Because it's a pretty long album. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. it was just over an hour. And I've noticed that, you know, some of their albums can run on the longer side because even Blurry Face is close to an hour, but this one runs over it. So was it something you were constantly listening to or would you pick songs out here or there? Um, I definitely had a couple of favorites from this album, like um, Attic with a Pen is one of my favorite al- uh, songs on this album. It was always interesting to hear a couple of these live. Like there's a couple that uh, you could just tell that they enjoy playing even now, like at least at their hometown shows, they'll do a couple extra songs from like their earlier releases that they won't do on the rest of their um, national tours. But yeah, I mean, I, I would usually listen to it in the car since I had a physical copy and I don't. I think it was on iTunes at the time, but I was just, I mostly listened to CDs like around 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's awesome that you were able to get into the band before they really hit Field by Ramen and hit this, you know, big burst in popularity and everything. Mm-hmm. Would you say that, you know, the band, the personality of the band has sort of stayed the same from that first release? Oh, yeah. Well, I just always remember them, like, posting quirky things on Twitter. And, like, the voice of the band was really, you know, Tyler and Josh. You know, once Josh was in the band, they always, like, kept it, like, very themselves. Like, they weren't trying to put on, like, a face necessarily. Now, obviously, when the band had a show, they had their own, like, style. And they had, like, the ski mask thing going on for a while to kind of keep, like, a very mysterious vibe to it. Right. And, you know, have like a like a performance and entertain, but like off stage and on the Internet, they were very like close to their fans and like always interacting with people and just like being real. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and talk about their next release, which is from 2011. It's regional at best. And this I couldn't find on Apple Music or anything. So you Mm -hmm. told me about it. And what is this release, basically, since it doesn't seem to really be floating around on the internet, at least in the places you would expect it to be? Mm -hmm. Uh, This was one that they had really pushed when they were touring regionally outside of Ohio. So they would hit like Pennsylvania, Tennessee, 
I want to say Michigan, like this was what they were using as like a way to expand and get fans in like Chicago and other areas. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like the purpose of it was to get more songs out there and really put on more of a live performance. Since it was all like Josh and Tyler, it really solidified the band and made, okay, like we're a two piece. This is what we plan on doing for like the foreseeable future. And they also did like a web series around it on YouTube. Awesome. This is when the lineup changed to its current iteration. Do you know mm -hmm. what happened with that first lineup to where it went from, you know, being th these three guys to being Tyler and just one other guy and he wasn't as he wasn't part of that original lineup? Yeah, um, I know bits and pieces about it. Um, and just from watching the web series and like knowing them personally when I was helping them like build a website around this time. Like, it just sounded like the other two guys weren't as invested anymore. And, you know, Tyler and when Joss came in, they were like, okay, this is something we want to do as a career. So they, I'm sure the other guys are still friends with Tyler and Josh, but they weren't as invested. Yeah, and since they did start this in college, really, that sort of happens with a lot of college bands. And as someone who went to school for music industry, my mm -hmm. major was full of you know, people getting together, playing music, making, starting bands and everything. And I definitely understand that because I don't know how many of the bands that I would go see play basement shows and everything in Philadelphia from Drexel specifically are even still making music together. I know there are mm -hmm. some, and obviously Modern Baseball is like the big band that came out of that and they yeah. went on a pretty great run there. But it's definitely understandable when you start something either in high school or college or something and some people just decide, you know, maybe this isn't the career for me. You know, it was something they did more for fun. So with Tyler and Josh now, obviously when they were doing this regional at best record, they probably didn't dream of having, you know, like 3 million plus <laughs> plus likes on Facebook and everything. So it's really awesome to see that Tyler was able to find someone else who was like, okay, I'm in this. And do you think, you know, regional at best was sort of that tipping point for them then? Oh yeah. I mean, I like, I would go to shows at like the Newport where they would play, they would sell it out. Um, and from what I remember, like Josh and Tyler would be selling like tickets at the mall to kids that were interested in going like it, they would just be doing everything thing themselves, but with the support from, like, their close friends and roommates at the time. So, like, Chris, uh, the old drummer of the band, also still lives with Tyler. Um, and he would be at the shows and helping with, like, behind-the-scenes stuff with, like, the production and, like, you know, just making sure things were going smoothly. But it's, like, it was just interesting to see that this was more like a test, in a way, to see how the band would do on, like, a broader scale and like growing their audience. Yeah. And you mentioned to me that some of the songs off of Regional at Best ended up on Vessels. So I guess that's sort mm -hmm. of the perfect segue here. Vessels is the first album they released after being signed with Fueled by Ramen. Were any of the singles from Vessels ones that came from Regional at Best? Yeah. Um, I think most of them actually. Okay. Like Guns for Hands. I think Migraine was like the first new song they had released. Um, and I remember them doing a music video for that, but it wasn't released in the United States. Um, they had a really strong like following in 
uh, Japan, which was cool to see. And a lot of their branding at the time had some Japanese like in it, which was cool to uh, watch from afar. Yeah, and it's actually Vessel, not Vessels, so that's my typo right. in the <laughs> notes there. But I remember when I was listening to this, I'm pretty sure I listened to this one when it came out, or at least I listened to the singles because I remember, mm -hmm. you know, Fueled by Ramen sending me all those stickers and everything to pass out to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of just put them places. And when I went back and listened, Migraine Def definitely stood out to me. So it's sort of great to see that they had that song already and were able to take it and still make it into a single, even though there were people who would have heard it already, basically. And Oh, well, Migraine was like, no, Migraine wasn't on the previous album. Oh, it wasn't? So that was the, yeah, that was the first one that had premiered, from what I remember, on Fueled by Ramen. Okay, so this was their, like, first single after adding all of those songs on and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> my mistake. That's all right. With that song, you know, I think they really had something going and sort of found their sound there, especially for Vessel. And this mm -hmm. album is the shorter of the, you know, three main albums, I guess you could say. And it's 12 songs, about 48 minutes. For me, this is sort of like the sweet spot for an album length for me. I think, you know, once you get past 11 or 12 songs, I'm kind of, you know, wary of how long the album is going to be and if there's going mm -hmm. to be too much filler in it or something like that. But I think what they did was they were able to make this, you know, nice solid record top to bottom. And even if 21 Pilots might not be something I'm going to listen to on a weekly basis even or something like that, it's still something that you know, if I hear it and I'm, you know, out doing something, grabbing lunch, whatever, and it's playing in a store or a restaurant or something like that, you'll instantly know it's them. And I feel like I don't want to say there's like a modern day Lincoln Park, but I feel like they sort <laughs> of have that standout, you know, sound to them. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when I first heard Lincoln Park, it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't like any anything else I had heard because you have like this rock music and then there's this guy rapping and then <laughs> it was sort right. of just this unique mix and with this you know they really got the electro sound into their music for this album and it was a lot different than the self-titled stuff that i had listened to right before going into this album and mm -hmm. it felt more upbeat i think because of that and it's not that you know songs with piano can't be upbeat because they definitely can. I mean, you have like Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder and Elton John who can make perfectly great upbeat songs with the piano. So it's not, you know, anything like that. But I just feel like this had more of an that sort of upbeat energy to it. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a happier album too, in my opinion, and had a lot of variety. So it was easy to like listen to it from start to finish and not get too like too bored or anything. Yeah, and because I haven't listened to it more than, you know, a couple times tops, I want to ask you what are your favorite songs off of this? Do you pick favorite songs off of albums or do you sort of, you know, stick with the singles? What's the deal for you with this album? Um, I mean, some of these songs have a deeper like impact on me and um 
like personal, like a personal um, connection, just because I've seen a lot of them live in like really small rooms. Right. And also like at the, like their hometown shows. So like trees is one that is a particular favorite for me. Cause that's one that like, it's just a really intimate song and has like good memories attached to it. Um, Guns for hands have been always been like a favorite for me, uh, house of gold and car radio. But, um, it was always just exciting to see like the music videos come out for these songs, like almost two or three years later. Cause like when they first released regional at best, they weren't putting out like music videos per se, but they were putting out a lot of like live videos with the music over top of it. And also, um, like the web series. So it was just really cool to like, see like what they were imagining, what music videos would be for this song, like later, just having like almost a reimagination of it. Yeah. And with this release, this is when they opened up for fallout boy and, panic at the disco in 2013 too so Mm -hmm. they were really getting this big stage to perform on and you know for fallout boy that was when they released save rock and roll and you know that's not the biggest fallout boy album necessarily but it did have a lot of you know mainstream success because sometimes you'll still hear some of those songs on sporting events or something like that and i think that's really what gave not only just fallout boy but even 21 pilots that bigger stage to perform on and Mm -hmm. the same goes for them opening for panic at the disco because those two bands are some of the biggest bands in the scene still (laughs) and you know that's great for them to have been able to open for them because you know i was just talking about this recently when I believe it was Haim opened up for Taylor Swift and Mm -hmm. it's sort of one of those things you wouldn't necessarily expect because they don't quite fit together, but then it just gives them that extra platform that they need to reach more fans. And, you know, Vessel obviously was when 21 Pilots really started to hit it big. And we've seen this happen with other bands on Field by Ramen, you know, Paramore, Mm -hmm was on there and they definitely have the resources to do this. And I believe it was after this album came out when I saw them live, they played like the radio one Oh four five outdoor festival thing in Philly. Mm -hmm. And I just remember it was absolutely freezing out. So, (laughs) (laughs) and they did, you know, they had their ski masks on and everything and they definitely, were very into it and they were getting the crowd very into it too. And there were quite a few people there because, you know, it was a free event and everything. So it's not like Mm -hmm. they were performing at an actual, you know, amphitheater or anything like that in the area. But I think this album really launched them into, you know, stardom basically, even if they're not, you know, like the size of, a Beyonce or Taylor Swift or anything like that, but they're still pretty high up there. And like I said, they have over 3 million likes on their Facebook page now. So mm-hmm. what do you think, you know, they need to keep doing to sort of sustain that before we get into blurry face real quick? Well, I'm really like just from a fan perspective. And then also just from somebody who has seen them grow from like the beginning to now, I really appreciate that they almost don't like, like being considered like 
superstars or like pop stars, um, you'll see them talk on social media or in interviews that they, you know, are just super humbled that they even like have gotten like a Grammy or like get all this attention, but they just want to keep writing like good music. So I think the key is just being true to themselves and really embracing like, it's great that we have this huge platform now with like support from a record label and also just like people paying attention to us, even when they like maybe take a break this summer and like write another album, but just knowing that the fans are going to be there no matter what and that they appreciate and go back to like their earlier albums. Like I was just looking at how much the previous albums have sold like since they had gotten signed to field by ramen and uh, the original release from 2009 has had over 115,000 sales since it's available on a uh, Apple music still. And then regional at best, since it was mostly sold as a CD um, has had over 3000 sales, physical copies. But it's just like, it's neat to see that people will go back and listen all the way through and just have more of an appreciation for the band. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and talk about Blurry Face a bit then. This is their 2015 release, and mm -hmm. they still found a way to add more influences to their sound and everything, because in this one, you you can definitely hear some reggae and everything. And, you know, bands before them have definitely put that into their music, even if it's, you know, a little more rock or pop-based because, you know, The Clash was heavily influenced by reggae, and you can definitely hear that in certain songs of theirs and everything, too. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for them, Ride, which I believe is one of the first few songs on the album, it really mm -hmm. sort of put you into that reggae feel and everything. And it's amazing to me how they just continue to change things up. And it's not that... It's a huge difference from Vessel to Blurry Face, but if you go back and, you know, listen to the self-titled and then listen to Blurry Face right after that, it's sort of like, wow, they've put a lot of time into sort of really finding their sound and being able to still add that little something extra to each album that they do. Yeah, and I'm, with Blurry Face, they had multiple producers for like a handful of the songs, which I thought was interesting. With Vessel, they had only one producer, uh, to my knowledge. And it's like, so each song almost has its own feel, especially the reggae ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when I hit play on this album, Heavy Dirty Soul started. And within, you know, the first few times of hearing the chorus, I knew the words to it. So this is mm -hmm. an extremely catchy record and everything and it's not just this song it's like you know that happened for me in multiple songs and they definitely have that hook down that's for mm -hmm. sure and I think you know you can see that improving which with each record as well and then you know this is slightly longer than Vessel and for the closing track, Goner, they sort of take it back to that self-titled feel and you sort of get this piano in the background and it's just, you know, quite the powerful closer because you can tell they still haven't sort of forgotten where they started from. Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear the lyrics and just like everything on the song. 
and how they present it in the music video too uh to end this like album cycle yeah so did you see them at all during the blurry face cycle or has it sort of been a while now that they're playing these bigger venues and everything uh it's definitely been a while i haven't seen them on the blurry face cycle and i tried to get tickets to one of their hometown shows that they're doing in the next month uh in july or i think it's june this month or next month and it sold out pretty quick yeah i can imagine and you said you actually knew the guys and helped them with a website early on and everything. Are you still in touch with them or is it something where, you know, you were working with them because they were a local band and then when they sort of moved away and, you know, had this explosion in a fan base, you mm-hmm. sort of lost touch with them. Are you still talking to them? Uh, I haven't talked to them since the AP Awards. Uh, the very first AP Awards, I actually saw them. Uh, eating at a restaurant, and had said hey to Josh and Tyler and uh, Mark, their video guy. So okay. me and Mark still keep in touch. You know, it's it's awesome that they remember who I am, and they're not like, you know, we like they're always have been grateful for what I did for them early on. So like I appreciate that they're real about that, and just like appreciate everyone who has supported them up to this point and continue to support them. Yeah, and that's awesome because sometimes you'll you know, get these artists that start off in the local scene and then they blow up so much that they sort of just leave that behind and don't Mm -hmm. really care as much about the local scene after that. But it's clear that 21 Pilots still, you know, they go back, they do these hometown shows and Mm -hmm. people are still excited to see them. It's not one of those things where there's sort of like this resentment (laughs) almost, which I think, you know, it, if the band or artist doesn't play it the right way can definitely happen with a hometown crowd. Yeah. And they like, they're just really genuine and care about Ohio. They care about supporting Columbus. So, I mean, they're playing the basement. Uh, they're playing the express live, which used to be the LC. And then they're playing Newport, like all venues they've sold out in the past. Yeah. To bring it back to blurry face a little bit, are there any songs that really stood out to you when you first listened to this album? So I know the first song they released on this album was fairly local. And they tend they got like a lot of flack for it because it was like, this doesn't sound like a 21 Pilots song. Um, and I remember Tyler tweeting like, hey, this is just like one track on the album. Like you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> so it was kind of in my head, I was like, this is, it's awesome that they're kind of starting like, sharing this album with like the least like 21 pilot sounding track just to kind of throw people off and mess with them a little bit. (laughs) But from like start to finish, uh, tearing my heart is one of my favorites from the song and stressed out. I've definitely heard way too many times. Like I even heard it calling, uh, about inquiring about a a rental house and it was playing (laughs) as like the, um, the hold music. The hold music. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, wow. <laughs> we're talking about this album today, and it's like the hold music. And it was just funny. I was like, so, I don't know. It was like, just from start to finish, I at least can listen to these songs and not skip one, essentially. Yeah, and I think they took some bigger risks with changing their sound a little bit on this album because you'll have those music fans that sort of just want to hear a lot of the same from a band like Mm -hmm. you know when fallout boy changed their sound you saw some of this too and even you know some of the 
changes yellow card made along the way there's always going to be some fans who aren't thrilled with it but you can't expect artists to not change over the entirety Mm -hmm. of a career and even though you know 21 pilots might still feel like a relatively new band they've been around for eight years already and releasing Mm -hmm. music for eight years already so that's a big difference especially if you start something in college and then you know you're an actual adult after that and everything so i think you know with blurry face they still had a ton of success with this album clearly and it'll be interesting to see what they do on their next release and everything oh for sure and i mean it's like just like hearing vessel and then blurry face after it's getting me excited to like see what they do next because I know it's not going to be the same album twice. Like they've proven time and time again that they don't like write the same song over again. Yeah. And they have released a couple things since blurry face. So why don't we go ahead and talk about the two singles they've released since then. The first one is heathens, which some of you might've heard this on suicide squad. If you braved watching that, which I did recently. So, you know, (laughs) I don't know if I could necessarily place the song in the movie, but I'm pretty sure it was used on at least one of the trailers. I could be mistaken there. It played. I I actually haven't seen suicide squad yet because I've just had so many people tell me that it's not worth paying money to see. It's not. Um, Okay. So I'll probably still stay away from it. But didn't it play in like the credits or something? Probably. That was probably it. I know sometimes, you know, they'll use a song in the trailer and then it'll be elsewhere in the movie or something like that. So I wasn't too Mm -hmm. sure. But, you know, you can listen to the Suicide Squad soundtrack without watching the movie because that's up on Apple Music, Spotify, and everything like that. So mm-hmm. you don't need to watch the movie just to be able to hear the song. So is this a song you've been listening to even though you have pretty much no interest in seeing Suicide Squad? Yeah, I'm, and I remember too, there's a group on Facebook uh, called uh, The Skeleton Click. So that's like the name of 21 Pilots like fans. And somebody had posted a cover of this song, like probably like a good like couple hours after it had premiered, like on the internet. And I was like, "What is this song?" So I had heard like a cu- a kid covering it on piano before I actually heard the song. So it was kind of funny because I thought it was like, did this kid get inspired and wanted to write a song similar to Twenty One Pilots? But it, that's the type of stuff that I love that their fan base will do. Is like they. They're like they're they're creators and they're inspired by Twenty One Pilots to create art and uh, write music. Yeah, and how I mentioned, you know, Fall Out Boy still has their songs played in sporting events and everything. Mm-hmm. This is huge for the band because even though you know myself and some of your friends and our mutual friends didn't like Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. the fact is a lot of people went to see Suicide Squad. So a lot of people heard this song, whether or not they really knew it is another story, but they heard it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some people actually sit through all of the credits. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, there are probably people who were like, you know, wanting to Shazam it or Soundhound it or something like that to figure out what song it was and what band it was. So Mm -hmm. I think this is just something else that might even push them a step further for when they release something next. Oh yeah. And it, I like that. It's not, it's, 
it's in the vein of like the blurry face album but it's not like i feel like they wrote this specifically for the movie right and i think you know with paramore too the same thing happened when one of their songs was in i believe one of the twilight movies i didn't really like those movies or watch all of Mm -hmm. them so i don't remember which exactly it was but i'm pretty sure it was one of the movies in that series and you know they sort of got a boost from that too so anytime you have a song that's in a major movie like this that's going to affect you in one way or another Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it definitely puts your career at like a new level i mean i'm sure people are going to reference that movie for like decades (laughs) so like they're gonna be revisiting the soundtrack um you know regardless yeah and some people might think the soundtrack was better than the movie who knows (laughs) so you know but why don't you tell me a little bit about the my chemical romance cover they did of cancer because i didn't know that they had done this i saw it when Mm -hmm. i was like going through and you know, looking them up on Apple Music and everything, but I wasn't sure if it was like just a single from one of the albums because I saw it before I started listening to the albums and everything and I didn't make my way to it before listening to this. So how did this come about? Was it just something they wanted to do for fun? So I guess when My Chemical Romance had teased about, like they put a teaser trailer up about the Black Parade, like an anniversary coming up, and they ended up just releasing like a deluxe edition Okay. So there was a there was a couple bands that had written uh cover songs, you know, or their version of like a My Chemical Romance song basically. So that's all that I know about it. Um I really do like the Black Parade album, so I thought it was interesting that 21 Pilots. I didn't know if they were fans of My Chemical Romance back in the day, but I mean, I would assume that they would have been if they did this cover. Yeah, and it would sort of be weird to cover a song or band you don't like and i know (laughs) i'm sure there have been times where you know like maybe publicists have been like oh if you do this this would be good for you or whatever you know i can't confirm any of that but when you have you know these big artists and everything sometimes you have to wonder if it was like a stage thing or if they actually wanted to do it like clearly when ryan adams covered an entire taylor swift album he probably really wanted to do that because i can't imagine someone would do an entire album Mm -hmm. of someone else's if they didn't you know at least enjoy it a little bit yeah it says on wikipedia which i mean who knows how true this is but it was a recover i recorded a cover 21 pilots recorded a cover of cancer for british music magazine rock sounds uh, 2016 compilation album rock sound presents the black parade so they could have i mean it could have been like hey would you guys be interested in doing this are you a fan of like what this band has done in the past but who knows yeah awesome well why don't we go ahead and give some overall thoughts on the band and i know you mentioned to me that they did a collaboration with mute math and this was also mm-hmm. in 2016 right yeah so they had put it out. It's on iTunes for four ninety nine, um, but it was released for free for the first couple weeks uh, on a website. And they filmed um, a video of them performing reimagined like songs from Blurry Face uh, with Mute Math. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned them winning a Grammy earlier, and that was for Stressed Out. And the category mm-hmm. it was in was Best Pop Duo or Group Performance, which... It's funny that, you know, I mean, the Grammys are not super, like, 
sub-genre specific. It's more of an overall mm-hmm. thing. So them getting the one for pop, I guess, makes a little more sense with the amount of, you know, electropop and everything they put in the music. But it's sort of really hard to place 21 Pilots into a single genre because they yeah. pull from so many different ones. And I feel like they do it more so than a lot of people do. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, and it, it's tough, I'm sure, for those types of award shows to, like, you can't put in too many subcategories or it's just going to get, like, very ridiculous very quickly. And it's already pretty ridiculous. So, you know, that would probably just make things even worse. And mm-hmm. at least there's still a rock category. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> even yeah. if they were put into the pop category. But yeah. So, you know, we mentioned that. They're probably about due for a new album this year if mm-hmm. they keep going on that every two-year cycle, basically, or, mm-hmm. you know, some call it the 18-month cycle. Mm-hmm. But what do you think you'll be getting from their next album? Do you have anything in mind that you would like to hear them incorporate into their music, or do you just prefer to be surprised by what they do next? Oh, I think no matter what, I'll be surprised by it because I'm like, it's just really hard to guess with them what they're going to do. I love that they take their branding so like seriously in a way. Yeah. Not serious to the point to where it's like, oh, this is annoying. But like they put a lot of thought behind their uh, graphics and like their branding as a band. So it's I mean, it's hard to say. I really don't know. (laughs) It's kind of what I like about them the most, actually. Right. I was actually going to ask you next specifically about their logos and everything because you are, you know, a graphic design guy. And Mm -hmm. the stickers I have, because they're from Vessel, they have the older logo on there, which is, you know, the blue stripe, the crooked red stripe, and then the black stripe going across. Mm -hmm. And they've since changed that for the blurry face release. And it's sort of this, you know, would you call it like a pale red? And white? Um, I think it's just white and red. And then the black background. Yeah, it's just not this super, super bright red, but it is red. So Mm -hmm. they sort of took that. They kept the same general logo, but just sort of spaced out, you know, the logo there and then put it in a circle, basically. And Mm -hmm. then the skeleton click logos are those same colors. So everything's, you Mm -hmm. know, formatted nicely there. And it's pretty much immediately recognizable as their logo still too. Mm -hmm. No, and and like, I'm curious to see with the next record cycle, what colors they're going to pick and why. Because there's really, I don't think there was ever an explanation for the the blue, red, and black. Okay. uh, Logo. But Tyler does explain it in a video, like what it means which it means the band name, but also just like, do you want me to read it for you? It's sure. on Wikipedia. <laughs> sure. It means 21 Pilots, the logo does. Why it means 21 Pilots, it, it really goes along with one of our songs called Kitchen Sink. The whole concept of that song is that I feel that humans are always struggling all the time when it comes to purpose, trying to figure out what their purpose is, what purpose even is, what's the point, justifying your own existence. A lot of kids and people my age struggle with what's the point. And with the logo, what it really means is it's an encouragement. When someone asks me what the logo means to me, the logo means something to me because I made it mean something to me. 
That's the point. The point is I created something that only I understand whether or not I decide to disclose the meaning of it. That's the beginning of purpose for me. The meaning of purpose for me is creating something. If it is, if it be by writing lyrics, painting a picture, by expressing yourself through art, if it's photography or music or theater or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be artistic, but if you create something and only you know the meaning of it, that's the beginning of purpose for you. When you're in a room by yourself trying to decide whether to stay alive, you can tell yourself, I should probably stay alive because I'm the only one who knows the meaning of that. So the logo is an encouragement for people to create. That's what it means. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's pretty lengthy there, but I think it gets across a good point. And for you as someone who does artwork and everything like that, and, you know, I'm sure you've even done some branding for some of the bands just so everything is sort of uniform there. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you can really appreciate? And even if they change their brand with every release, mm -hmm. is that something you still find you're interested in? Not just their music, but how they're going about branding themselves? Yeah, because I think like from a listener fan and like almost a friend perspective, they want the band to mean what they want. Like anyone can interpret it however they want. So it's like, they don't want to define that for somebody because they want them to find it for themselves. And I think that really sticks out with people who create artwork inspired by the band. It's like, there's no, there's no box necessarily. It doesn't need to be confined to anything specific. So like as a band, like they give guidelines in a way with every release, okay. but like fans can take that and take it further and kind of give their own interpretation of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And I like how simple they're keeping the logo and everything. And mm -hmm. even though they changed it, it's still similar enough to where you wouldn't confuse it for, you know, another band or anything like that. And the fact that they're making a logo for their fan club, basically, too, is a pretty cool thing, because I feel like that sort of makes their fans feel more included in the process in general. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're always very specific, too. I mean, whenever they have, like, a big, like, achievement as a band, they're always like, you guys are the reason that this happened. Like, it had nothing to do with us. Like, you guys bring meaning and purpose to this band, which I think is, like, very neat. And I wish more bands would kind of take that perspective because, like, it's very, I mean, it's a good feeling when you do something for yourself, but the people that support you and um, follow your journey are the ones that really bring like almost a more of a like I don't know what's like what I'm trying to say with that like more of a a meaning behind it yeah well I think that wraps up everything I have on the band like I said I don't know if they're necessarily a band I'm going to have on repeat or anything but I can definitely appreciate what they're doing as a band and what they do for their fans and everything, even though they've, you know, reached this, I guess stardom maybe wasn't the right word earlier, but you know, they're, they're really popular now. And I think they've mm -hmm. handled it as well as you could want an artist or band to handle it. Yeah. And, um, do you remember what they said at the Grammys? Uh, they had a quote that Tyler said when he received the award, it was like, anyone, anywhere can do anything. And that for me was just like, okay, these guys are like, just like very, 
upfront that they want to see the people that listen to them succeed in life and like, you know, achieve what they want to achieve. So I, I love that mindset uh, that they have and that they want to like share with people. Yeah. And they've been nominated for a ton of awards too. They, you know, are even getting noticed for creating a song for a film by the Guild mm -hmm. of Music Supervisors Award, which if you're not, you know, a total music nerd, you probably don't even know what that is or have no clue what it has to do with. But <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I just went and looked up their list of awards. And it's quite a long list. You know, they might not have won everything, but they've still, you know, for a relatively new band to the mainstream have won quite a few. And, you know, do you have any final thoughts on the band before we go? I mean, I just like to say that I really appreciate like that. I just had the opportunity to even work with them early on. I think I met I mean, I met a lot of amazing people because them as a band existing. Um, I've had a lot of great experiences and, you know, have had a lot of great moments because of them. Um, and I mean, I could say that for any band for sure, but it's just like, it, it's almost like where it's weird to think like where I might be if they didn't exist. I know it's weird to say, but no, it's totally understandable because when you have this chance to work with people and then, you know, you see them, become successful it's kind of like a realization for some people that they're like hey this thing is possible even if you're from you know smaller towns mm -hmm. in america or you know around the world and everything like that and you know i know columbus is obviously one of the bigger cities in ohio but i feel like when a lot of people think about artists and everything ohio might not be the first place they go to and everything like that. So I definitely mm -hmm. understand what you're getting at. But Ian, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and for suggesting this because I don't know if I would have necessarily dug into the band as much as I did if we didn't do this podcast. No, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd love to do it again. And it, it's really awesome and interesting to look back and listen to all their CDs from front to back. It's definitely like a very cool experience. Yeah, and I definitely made a point to go back and listen to the first album that was available on Apple Music just because, you know, with the Jason Isbell episode I just did with Craig Manning, I sort mm -hmm. of listened to the new record first and then went back and I was like, okay, <laughs> this was a little jarring to, you know, listen to the newest album that isn't even out just yet and then go back and listen to something from, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. I did it in that order, even though I had heard, you know, some of their songs before and maybe mm -hmm. listened to Vessel when that came out. But I didn't, you know, listen to it enough to sort of have this attachment to it or really remember a whole lot of it. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Well, thank you again, Ian. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.